0: Hi, welcome to the Business of Healthcare podcast where I will be sharing interviews, insights, project management, leadership training and lessons learned from the field of healthcare to improve the delivery of your projects and business performance. Today, I've had the pleasure of interviewing the award-winning Ishani Patel. Ishani is a GP and an entrepreneur. She's the co-founder of Lantern. And she was incredibly kind in giving us her time today to share what goes on behind the scenes at Lantham. We talked about the process they took for gaining capital investment into their business. She also shares some of the various departments that Lantern is made up of and also shares how Lantern went from being quite unrefined and unstructured to working with leading experts and expanding their services from primary into secondary care. The mission for Lantham is to save the NHS £1 billion. And today, I believe they have saved the NHS £15 million. So they are well on their way. From a practical point of view, Ishani shares with us how she manages her multiple roles. And she also shares with us a period of time when she dealt with some negativity and how she turned that into something positive. We talk about her decision to take on an MBA In this interview, Ishani also provides some advice for doctors considering a career in primary care and the benefits that primary care can bring. And Ishani also shares some advice for those looking to set up a health-related business working with the NHS. So I know that you're going to love this one. And I would love to hear your key takeaways on our social media handles. You can find me on Twitter at THC Primary Care. And you can also find me on LinkedIn at just as Tara Humphrey. Enjoy. So, hi, Ishani. Thank you so much for joining us on the Business of Healthcare podcast. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. It's a great start to the week.
0: My pleasure. So, we'll jump straight in. For those of my listeners that may not be aware of who you are, please could you give us a short introduction of who you are and what you do?
1: Yes. So, I am Ishani Patel. I'm a GP in Northwest London. I'm co-founder of a workforce engagement platform called Lantum and I'm also leading the Northwest London Digital First Accelerator. But what underpins all of that is yes I'm a jobbing GP and I'm also a student doing my executive MBA and support the Royal College Innovation Mentorship Program by mentoring some of the uh, other GP innovators.
0: So I would like to start what did you want to be when you were little?
1: I wanted to have some kind of role in wildlife conservation I actually don't know where it came from but I think you know my parents being East African and and have it you know having grown up in Kenya and Uganda I've just always been fascinated by by wildlife and you know now I know sustainability and climate change is such a such a big thing but so is wildlife conservation and yeah if I could go back I'd probably do something more to help Elephants and the Black Rhino, I think is what I'd want to do if I wasn't a GP now. (laughs) So how did you
0: get from there, that thought, to now you are an award-winning entrepreneur and a GP?
1: Oh gosh, I think that a lot of it has stemmed from watching my parents from a really young age kind of graft hard. And... And I think whilst it might be a bit cliche for for parents to want their children to be doctors, I think that for me, that's been very much central to to, to, to all the roles. And I think the GP is like the core and then all the other things are add-ons to the core. Um, and I think because they, they've you know, started businesses and run businesses and, and really slogged, I, some things passed down or maybe I just don't know any different. So waking up at 5 a.m., I've been doing that since I was 10. Yeah, it's just comes naturally, I think, to want to work hard and build something. I think it's probably a little bit subliminal and maybe not as conscious as I'd like to think it is.
0: So let's start with Lantham. For those of us that aren't sure on what is Lantham, what is Lantham, what is the mission and what makes Lantum stand out from other platforms in in a similar space?
1: So Lantum is a workforce engagement technology platform. We build system-wide and organisation-wide staff banks for all types of staff, clinical and clerical with e-rostering components and NHS e-pension capabilities and auto payments and, and a rocket pay, fast payment system. And, and when you pull all of that together, what that has enabled providers to do is to improve connectivity and engagement with local staffing, local clinical and non-clinical workforce. So by doing that, we've managed to significantly reduce agency spend, about £15 million pounds so far, and we've improved recruitment and retention for primary care providers. The mission really is to save one billion for the NHS, and we are now expanding into integrated care systems and secondary care as well. And how did you get started with that? It started with Melissa. Melissa Morris was a management consultant at McKinsey, and I was a newly qualified GP, and I was blogging. I think as a trainee, I was blogging for PULSE, And she must have seen something that I'd written and she reached out to me and said, you know, what are your plans? I'm really tired of seeing primary care struggle with inefficient processes and manual systems. And, you know, I see that you're writing about a forward thinking kind of dynamic general practice. Do you want to get together and talk about what we could do to to try and improve the system? So we met and and sort of, I guess what was called Network Locum at the time was just a very simple connectivity platform connecting single site practices to GPs. And over, over time, our vision has evolved to align with the GP forward view and, and the NHS long term plan. So we've grown from smaller thinking, single site connectivity thinking to systems thinking and trying to improve the whole system rather than Sort of one sector or one silo in it. So Lantern is a
0: high growth company, and you've been successful in attracting investment funding. What did that process involve?
1: So initially, we put in—I put in—and and others put, you know, put in seed money to to build the prototype and get the proof of concept. And then it was approaching uh, venture capital firms who have an interest in supporting the NHS, who have an interest in supporting female founders. We worked with uh, you know, one, one of our board members, Hannah Farah, who has been working in the NHS for a number of years and is very experienced and well connected. And so, you know, leveraging these relationships, we managed to really demonstrate what the vision was. And we've worked with, with VCs, or we've been supported by VCs who understand that it does take, does take time. And we're proud to say now that we are standing on our own two feet. And it's obviously been, been, a, been a, what, a sub eight-year, eight, nine-year eight, nine journey to, to get here. So yeah, we're, we, are, we are quite proud, but we know we still have a long way to go. Are you building to sell? No, we're not building to sell. Uh, that's it's not something we talk about, actually, at the, at the, certainly not at the moment. And I don't think it's in our medium term plans at all. We have a lot more to do. We really want to get secondary care, support secondary care, support hospitals, the, the acute sector and and do more. It'd be naive to say that companies are, you know, companies are born, obviously, to make a profit, you know, we're not a non-profit organization, you know, we're standing on our own two feet, but we you know we're yet, yet to make a profit. So yeah, we're not looking to sell at the moment. I think I'd, I'd be disappointed if, if that those were the conversations we were having at the moment. We've got so much more we want to do. So what did the investment enable you to do that you couldn't do before? So as with any startup, Often roles are undefined, things are a bit chaotic, sort of you know, non-structured. And what the investment has helped us do is to really standardize and structure the business. You know, we we brought experts in marketing, in revenue management, we've expanded the product team, we've been able to sponsor and support high-level events to raise our visibility. So we've invested within the team, but also been able to spend money supporting events where we know we can meet system leaders and thought leaders and people who we are now working with. So I think the best thing has been growing the team and bringing in experts to help run these teams more effectively. And how big is your team currently? So we're over 60 people now. And we are actually going to recruit a few more to help with our in-house marketing. And from a culture
0: perspective, what sort of people are you looking for to join your team?
1: So I think we value experience. We value, you know, our three, so three of our top values are people who think around corners, people who can show evidence of bouncing back and learning from experiences and mistakes. And the third one is, is, is you know, hashtag more than me. You know, care a lot. People that are not looking to just think of their own personal and professional development, but people, people who are looking to help grow and mentor other people in the company as well. That's
0: excellent.
1: So there are many functions and
0: departments that make up a business. Can you share what does the kind of structure and the departments look like within Lantern?
1: Yep. So we've got, I guess, key divisions. We have our customer service and compliance side. So that's obviously supporting GPs, rotor managers, practice managers, you know, anywhere from the rostering to ensuring CQC documents are, are all uploaded and, and date stamped. We've got the demand side. So that's probably more the sort of the commercial side. We've got marketing and communications, we have engagement and we've got operations, we've got development and technology as well. Obviously, that's the biggest probably most important is product development and the tech side. So those are the main categories within the company. As
0: a GP, how have you managed to get your head around all of those elements?
1: So I was actually a GP partner for a few years, and there are common threads to running. A forty and a half thousand GP practice, as there is to running a team of what started off as sub twenty to now more than sixty. So I do think the skills are transferable, which is probably why we're seeing such a burst of innovation amongst amongst doctors, not not solely GPs, but but lots of clinicians, because there is a, there is a true parallel. And so I think that working in one has helped has helped the other Um, and and certainly working in a startup has helped bring innovation and dynamism to to the GP practice I was working in when I was a partner. I'm on a, 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 well, I've left at the moment because I'm finishing my MBA, but the ambition is to go back to a, a partnership because I do think general practice needs to be more forward thinking and not so fearful of trying new things and we're in so much change at the moment with primary care networks being introduced since July. I think now's now's a really exciting time and I want to be able to contribute to that. What made you want to get an MBA? I was thinking about it, gosh, probably for 10 years. And I thought that I needed to get more experience before learning the knowledge because I, it has helped me understand the theory a lot, a lot more. I think if I'd done it, you know, on just become, you know, soon after becoming a, a doctor or becoming a GP, it probably would have been too abstract for me. But now, now I feel like it's the best time because you know the core modules absolutely align with all the different parts of running a startup and a and a practice. So it's been really helpful to. To, to bring those learning, learning points in. And also with the digital front door, Accelerator Northwest London, which is a huge project, it really has helped to understand how to measure quality outcomes, targets, engagement, change management, organisational development. All of that has been enhanced by, by my studies. Thinking
0: about over the last 18 months, how has your role changed within Lantern?
1: My roles are still pretty flexible and, and, and fluid. I don't, I, I don't have sort of set defined tasks because I find that we need to be flexible as things change and grow. So I support the marketing team, the brand side, the lead generation. I have insights into what's changing on the ground, especially when it comes to primary and integrated care. I also think being a clinician adds authenticity and integrity to the company, but also able to provide a perspective and lens that maybe people who don't work in healthcare might find difficult to, to understand. I think when you've got when you've got team members who are everywhere from technologists all the way through to you know interns, technologists all the way through to you know marketing leads who may not have worked in the health sector before, it's, impor- it's important that they all understand you know why should, why should we care about the long term plan? What you know what does that mean? Uh, they have to understand the ecosystem within which we're working, and I I hope that I'm adding that that knowledge for for all members of the company
0: as a high profile kind of women in Women in business, women in technology. How do you? And I don't know if you can speak for Melissa, but how do you both cope with the attention that you receive, like positive and negative? Because I am sure, I'm certain that there are a lot of pulls on your time, and
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: now as the business continues to grow.
1: Yeah. So I I would say when we first started looking at social media presence and and building Facebook groups, we the attention was 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 positive. I'd say in December, 2017, I think as competition became a bit more fierce, um, we did receive negative comments in social media and it, it being my first time, it really taught me the art of patience and just not reacting, taking a step back, being calm and actually understanding why people post what they post. I think sometimes people post things because they are our competitors, but also our customers and I say customers, meaning GP clinicians who actually don't, they don't pay posting things that, you know, helped us improve the product. So we've taken every single, well, I say every single, it was really less than a handful at the time of, of, of what we thought were negative comments and turned them into a way of, of feeding back to the team and, and improving, improving the product. But also we have an open door policy. If I see someone post something that actually isn't true, we will reach out and say, come in, come in, meet us. Let's have a conversation and let's see what we can do either to make the product better or to bust the myths that actually aren't aren't true so we, we we reach out we like to talk to people and and hear what their what their concerns and expectations are but i have to say since then i i i haven't seen touch wood <laughs> <I> haven't, seen, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen any any negative any
0: negative press i suppose you've got people like me wanting you to come on their podcasts you're in you're in loads of publications do you have PR and do you have somebody that helps you manage your time?
1: So we have in terms of time management, we have an you know an EA, an executive assistant who helps helps me manage my diary. But because I have commitments outside of Lantham, to be honest, I really manage it myself. If you were to see my my, my Google calendar, it's kind of five different colours because of you know five different priorities. So I'm I'm very structured. Mondays are, you know, well, Mondays are a, are my digital accelerator day. I think I have to have structure around my non-lantern commitments because, you know, we're working to such tight deadlines um, with, you know, delivering, you know, online consultation services for GP Federation in Northwest London and integrating the urgent care aspects. So I'm I I am a deadlines person. I need I need structure and I need I need timelines because I, I like things I'm a doer. I am an implement person. I like things to be done. And we do have, you talked about our sort of in-house PR, you mentioned PR, and we do have marketing and content leads in, in the company who help structure what we produce content wise, whether it's a white paper, whether it's short pieces, whether it's thought leadership pieces, whether it's spotlights. And I know that we've, we've interviewed you and I still have the draft. Uh, we have a bit of a hiatus with our marketing, but now we've recently recruited. So we're, we're getting getting that back on track because it's important to be present. And we also recognize it's not always about sales, it's about bringing people's attention to what matters, like well-being. Being a healthcare worker and your well-being is really important.
0: So what is working really well in the business today?
1: We have an amazing team of leaders who are focused on working in a very integrated way. You know, we've we recently hired a fantastic lead in marketing and she is looking at the company with a fresh pair of eyes and saying, well, actually, how do we link marketing more to lead generation and tracking and, you know, yield management and, and revenues and having more of a, I suppose, sort of interwoven or a more connected way of bringing different, the different structures of the organization together.
0: And what challenges are you currently encountering in the business today?
1: Well, our focus is shifting to secondary care and integrated care. And we have recently hired a medical lead who is a paediatric consultant. And we are looking to bring the innovations we've brought in primary to secondary. And so the challenge is, you know, it's a, complete, it's a completely different way of selling a service or, or marketing. Hospitals have much larger budgets, have, much, have many more layers to their executive teams and to their operations. So it's actually finding the right person in the organization who can make the decision on rostering or make the decision in improving how a department runs its, its rostering and, and recruitment side. So that has been more of a challenge. But we are learning and we are learning fast. And we are, you know, we're now, we, we do have pilots in hospitals on, um, occurring at the moment, which, which is great.
0: Thank you for inviting me to the innovation dinner. <laughs> um, that was really, really good. And what struck me was how many amazing people you are connected with. And on a normal, on a day to day basis, your name comes up all the time. Everyone seems to know you. How have you gone about building your network?
1: I think the most important part of our journey that helped us expand our network was the NHS Innovation Accelerator Programme. It started, we became a part of that programme. Melissa, our CEO, was a fellow on that programme. And through that, we built amazing relationships with the academic health science network's and I guess through that have been invited to speak. It's improved our visibility. We, you know, we've made more connections, you know, among, amongst the innovation leads and accelerator leads. And so that's enabled us to, I think, have a very strong team of support and team of cheerleaders who have no financial interest in the company, but who really believe and support our vision and what we're trying to do and who do help open doors nationally and globally interestingly and there's a there's a a big sort of exporting NHS innovations happening you know China, Nigeria, India, UAE and so these national leads are also helping us think globally as well which we wouldn't have had that opportunity I don't think had we not been on this accelerator program. It's
0: amazing it's incredible. How did we start working together?
1: so I believe that we have speaking of sort of networks and amazing people you are obviously in that group <laughs> of course goes without saying um you and I connected via one of the GP leads I think it was dr. dr. Mayo yeah who, that's right yeah in an, an innovation lead in Medway and and, and a GP and him, We, Mayor and I had met at, I think, an Amazon event where I was talking about Lantern with a number of other um, innovation leads. And so also working with IMH, who run run a number of, of, of primary care providers. And so he had, I think that's how we got, got to meet you and got to work with your team and and that's helped me actually because when i discover when you told me about your mba that just absolutely cemented for me that it was that it was something that i wanted to do and in fact you helped catalyze that decision which which has in turn improved our business so i sh- i should be thanking you but you are definitely you and your team have, you know, great people to work with. And it's been great to see what it's like on the other side of training hub development as well. Because that's obviously happening in other parts of the country. And how, you know, how I share what you're what you're doing with other training hubs. Cause I think you're definitely setting setting the trend on how to do it. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Do you get people coming up to you and saying, Shani, how do you do it? How do you fit it all in?
1: I do, but then I look at people like you <laughs> and think it's a walk in the park compared to everything you do and juggle on a day-to-day basis. I'm very, I'm just very lucky. I've got great, great support, great support professionally and personally. So I think also it's when you love what you do, it might sound a bit corny and it's probably it's a Confucius, a Confucius expression. You know, when you love the job you do, you never have to work a day in your life. And I'm very privileged to say that I probably feel like that almost 90% of the time because I do love all my roles and believe in what we're trying to achieve in Lantham and and outside. What advice would you give to
0: somebody considering primary care as a career that isn't sure?
1: Well, outside of the fact that we do need more GPs and we need more committed GPs in, in, in primary care, I would say that it is probably the one career in medicine being a GP rather, so I appreciate the difference between general practice and, and and working in primary care. But being a GP is really one of the one one medical career where you can actually be your boss from be your own boss from day one. You have your own autonomy from day one. We you have the ability to make change rapidly from day one because you're working in small to medium sized organizations. And I know that we're we're very much in a journey of of scaling up, but even in scaled up organizations because GPs are at the coalface, they're the ones most empowered to create change, whether it's evidencing it through quality improvement or just identifying something that can be done better. I do think that's a common thread in general practice. We're always trying to do better. And so that's why I think it's such an attractive place to work. And also you're not, the myth of working in silo or working in isolation, I think hopefully is being busted more and more every day you are in a team and i mean hopefully you know you're you're in a very good team and a very supportive team so i would say i'd say it's just a great place to thrive and explore other things you know you can be a gp three days a week and do other things and, and you know still sort of you know wrap wrap like you know work around your life and not lose that work-life balance going back to the bit about
0: autonomy what do you say when people say well lantum is great but it promotes that locum lifestyle that part time working and we don't have enough gps working full time in salary positions what do you say when people say that
1: that's probably a regular a regular challenge that that comes and and my response to that is we are actually an agnostic platform we the reason we changed our name from network locum to lantum was because we were worried that people were thinking we advocate being a locum clinician above all other roles, and actually, we don't. We are a staffing platform, we have partners, we have salaried, we have sessionals, and obviously, non GP clinicians all plugged in you know, nearly 20,000 clinicians and non clinicians actually all plugged in. We don't say being a locum is better than being a partner. What we say is that actually you choose what's right for you and we will support you however we can and we've managed to improve recruitment and retention we don't charge a fine for people that go from sessional to permanent roles in fact we celebrate those those are those are a success for us and we've got the data to say that we're with we're, we're 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 delivering we're we're kind of partnering with primary care to address the recruitment and retention issues so I would say, yeah, we're not pro locum over other other types of working. We're supportive of how you want to work as an individual. That's when that's what I that's what I mean when I say autonomy. Yeah, and, and most in fact most of our GPs are salaried who top up with sessional because they like the fact that they can do both. They like that they can, you know, whether they're using locum organizer and booking their own shifts. And that diary integrates with Lantern, so they get they get sight of shifts they wouldn't have seen before. It's actually helping people who wish to work both ways.
0: My last question is: what advice would you give to somebody looking to set up
1: a business in the healthcare space? Wow. You mean <laughs> NHS or healthcare generally? Because they're, they're very different. <laughs> I think in the NHS. Mm, first of all, there has to be anyone setting up a business has to be solving a problem. I think what what that that headline question is, what problem are you trying to solve? What existing solutions are there? What does your is it a service? Is it a product? Who are you going to work with to make it happen? People can start businesses solo, but I do believe the people you surround yourself with, the opinions that you that you seek you know talk to chief execs talk to innovators the royal in fact the royal college started the innovation mentorship program because they could see that there was a massive enthusiasm from gps to want to innovate and so they they selected i think 10 10 mentors so i you know mentorship is is an amazing way to stay focused and to help find solutions because it can be quite frustrating when you're setting up a business to deciding how you're even going to fund it are you going to self-fund are you going to raise are you going to crowdfund you know all all of these options so I I would say you know what what problem are you trying to solve first question
0: thank you so much Ashani I really appreciate your time and hope you'll catch up soon
1: yes of course absolutely
0: So there you go folks I hope you enjoyed it and again I'd love it if you could share it and if you have any key takeaways or you'd like to provide any feedback I would love to hear what you've got to say on our social media channels you can find us at THC Primary Care on Twitter and you can find me on LinkedIn at Tara Humphrey and I look forward to coming back to you next week with another episode